once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another stirring edition of the PNC Percussion Wrestling Podcast. This is actually episode 79. It is July 18th. You will probably be seeing this a few days later because we're behind on uploading the show, but that's neither here nor there. I am your host, the man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. He is the man allegedly known as the gentleman, Elio Canella, although I personally might have to disagree with that, with that nickname, but that's just me. And together, we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, and oh my God, do we have a show for you. Because unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we have to preview the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Yes, <laughs> I had yes. to. As if we haven't heard that 118 times per show during the whole build of this uh, disastrous card. And so, unfortunately, we have to go over that. And then, um, you know, and we're, we're actually not going to review um, or preview Slammiversary because I am not uh, – I am not up on the storylines at all for that. Hold um, on. Your friends are signed to Impact Wrestling now. Yes, I I um I just uh, saw that last night. Yes, uh, the people that he's referring to are uh, Luke Gallows and Colonel Anderson. As as we've said numerous times in the past on this show, I am actually a member of what Luke Gallows considers his home indie promotion, Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance in West Virginia. So um, he's, he's a Maryland boy, so we kind of have mutual friends because of that. So um, mm. should, anyway. I, should I start watching Impact again? I don't know. Well, it, 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 it's so funny. I tried to, I tried to watch some of it on oh. the uh, – Okay. Recently, on the uh, website that you gave me that has all that stuff, and it, it's just it's kind of hard to follow because it's like all new people. Like, but but uh, but what about like the show itself? How was the show itself? Because uh, for a long time, Impact sucked. Well, and I think it still does, but then mm. but then again, that could be, be that could be because of the quarantine. So it's just. I haven't watched Impact in like a year, year and a half, so I I don't feel like I could offer a fair opinion on their on their product currently. But um, I'm gonna have to go back and uh, check it out. Maybe I'll take a look at it. I always keep saying I do, and never do. Ah, okay, I'm saying I'm gonna make a point of writing it down. But I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah, the um, actually, ladies and gentlemen, I think he's actively writing that down right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I may go back uh, later on this week and, and take a peek at it, and um, and if it's any good, I will uh, certainly be happy to review that on uh, on a future episode, pro- probably next week. Now, in, in addition to our uh, regular coverage for the week, we're also going to take you on a trip back in time, courtesy of the DeLorean, to uh, 1999. And I actually remember specifically 
watching this on the WWE Network a few years ago. This was uh, ECW Heat Wave 1999. So uh, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to that because I'm actually uh, somewhat semi-familiar with this card and, and the matches within. So Okay, I have a question. What did you think of this card? I actually, I actually really liked it because they had um, they had some real uh, you know mix in terms of like the styles of wrestling. It, it, um, you know, obviously it has that hardcore stuff. I mean, that's ECW to a T. Um, but um, but they had a they had a really good uh, mix of styles, and you know, I think. I think from a creative point of view, um, ECW is one of my favorite companies of all time. You know, obviously there was, you know, financial stuff going on or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman actually said in one, inter in one interview, I think it was on his uh, DVD, um, that he actually got sued more times than Martha Stewart because he would, al like, he would always use you know, like mainstream themes for the wrestlers' music and things like that. And, uh, you know, as a kid, obviously, you don't catch stuff like that. Like, oh, he's he going to get sued for that. But it's that. I caught it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, I knew that they were, I knew that they were going to use, you know, uh, mainstream themes. But, like, I just, I was so young that it didn't really cross my mind that, um, that you could actually get sued for that because I didn't understand the concept of copyright infringement at the time. Although now, although now that I do, I should sue the New Day for using power of positivity because well before they became a thing, uh, somebody did a class project on me in college um, called the power of positivity and they wrote a paper on me. <laughs> I don't know. So is WWE going to get another lawsuit? Well, they're going to get a cease and desist letter. Oh. <laughs> are the New Day going to have to change their uh, name or, or uh, drop their catchphrase? Uh, well, I think, the, I think the only request I'm going to make, well, actually two, I would like them to stop their stupid gyrations because it's really terrifying. Oh, no, it's, stop. it's disturbing, especially when Big E does it. Yes, and, and also the pancake throwing. Wait, wait, are they still doing the pancake crap? I haven't seen it recently, but oh, okay. uh, but just, just to make it's, sure. It's, it's, it's enough with the pancakes. I know, seriously. Yeah, I, I, don't, do they not understand that they've traumatized me? <laughs> well. And you know what? Hold on. Do you know what I had for dinner last night? Well, how would I know? You live in Canada. I live in the U.S. <laughs> I had for dinner last night pancakes. Oh, and how were they? They were great. What kind? Just uh, the regular pancakes that we uh, made them on the on that uh, this thing here, the griddle thing. Aha! That's yeah. what my, that's what my mom uses to make pancakes. We don't we don't do it that much, but every like every Christmas morning, that's what we do. Is uh, pancakes. But anyway, enough of the uh, reminiscing. 
But that's uh, neither here nor there nor anywhere else. Absolutely. Um, so let's uh, jump right into our weekly review. Well, um, all right. We are going to get into the show, starting with our review of Monday Night Raw. Ben. Very good. And unfortunately, that duty falls on me. Oh, God, how I... even like this show? Uh, no. Come on. It was better than SmackDown. this point watching the Grand Ole Opry is better than watching SmackDown. I mean I Grand Ole Opry. I I are you down, are you down for for Bill Fighting Square Dance? No, but that's the point. Like you know, obviously I'm not much of a dancer because I'm in a wheelchair, but I mean I'd I'd rather watch that than than watch SmackDown. <laughs> Alright, go on. But anyway uh, Raw starts off with the VIP lounge. It sucked. <laughs> yes, it did. Because, uh, you know, as I've said on all the shows leading up to this pay-per-view, um, I just, I really don't understand why, um, why they're having Dolph Ziggler challenge Drew McIntyre because it's like they are really stretching, uh, stretching it thin in terms of trying to trying to exploit their history when, when quite frankly, there's very little history between them. I have a question: Do they? Do we know anything about that? Anything more about that stipulation? Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't um, hear anything about it. So I think. I think what's going to end up happening is he's going to hold he's going to hold on to it until uh, tomorrow, and then it's going to be announced uh, right before the match. And actually, that I will I will give slight credit where that's due. I have always hated it when they announce uh, the stipulation ahead of time, all the time, because I mean I feel like if if we didn't know what it was and it was played off like the opponent didn't know what it was, um, then it would have like more effect. Okay. Um, you know, but that's just something small that I've noticed. So anyway, we get MVP in there and he, uh, you know, he does his usual introductory spiel. Um, but then he, um, he, he starts, Immediately kissing Dolph Ziggler's ass, uh, and just talking about how good he is and what a class act he is, and blah blah blah. I have, a, then, qu- I have a question: Why does MVP have the U.S. Championship? Um. Well, because because remember they're they're introducing a new one and uh, and yet. Apollo Cruz hasn't been on the program very much, so I think I think 
So my educated uh, um, assumption on that was maybe uh, Apollo was undergoing like a COVID test. I don't, I don't know, I don't know that for sure, but that's just, you know, why else would he be off TV when he's in the middle of a championship program? Okay. Um, so it, it's just, that's where, that's where the logic lies. So right now it's supposed to be um, an MVP versus uh, Apollo Crews for the championship at Extreme Rules. And then I think the winner gets the new uh, championship. I don't know, but I to answer your question, I don't know why they've introduced a new one and not officially retired the old one. You know, because even even in the uh, graphics advertising the match, um, Apollo still has the old one. So it. It's not really clear as to what's going on there, so I suppose that'll be interesting. So, um, but getting back to this, so after McIntyre and Ziggler, uh, you know, conclude their uh, pleasantries, out comes uh, Drew McIntyre, and of course he's pissed off that that Dolph um, used uh, Heath Slater to further his agenda and that he's going to maim him at the horror show known as Extreme Rules. Um, you know, but the, thing, the thing is about Ziggler is he would be a very credible uh, opponent if he was built properly. Uh, you know, but as we both know, he just hasn't been for years. So it's just, it's impossible for me to take him seriously as a, you know, as a main event threat. And I think that just illustrates how, how thin WWE right, is right now in terms of having top heels um, available for this um, kind of role. But, you know, I just, I felt like it was generic and just, kind of boring and just kind of like cookie cutter kind of thing. Um, so the, the first match of the night is an elimination tag match between the Viking Raiders and Angel and Andrade. Angel Garza and Andrade, excuse me. Um, this, this was not a bad match. No, and, and, it, what, I, and what I like is now, they, to me at least, they seem to be taking this pairing a lot more seriously. You know, they're starting to, you know, tease a possible um, alliance between them and, and Orton and, you know, by, by extension, Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair's done a few segments with them, even though I don't understand why he's in why why he's on TV in the middle of a fucking pandemic that you know reportedly impacts older people much more than people our age. So it's just kind it's just kind of weird. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I so I like that. Um, there was a little bit of uh, dissension 
in the middle of the match, but uh, Randy Orton got them back on track, and and they get the victory. Talking about um, Andrade and Angel, and the last elimination came when Garza uh, eliminated Ivar. Um, you know, and and the thing is, you're right. This match wasn't bad. It's just. I, I feel that it, it, the style of wrestling that WWE does and the style of match that they, they put together, it's just so repetitive and there's nothing, there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh and exciting about it. And I think that that reflects in the quality of the product and, and the lack of, um, you know, interest in the product right now. As a matter of fact, you know, I was going to save this for the end of the Raw review, but I'll just go ahead and drop it now since it came to mind. You know, this show was the lowest rated Raw of all time. I think it got like a 1.65 rating. Or no. Just something completely awful. Um, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, speaking of absolutely ridiculous, the Iconics... Hush yourself. Oh, shut up. The, <laughs> the Iconics, a.k.a. the Moronics, a.k.a. get the hell off my TV, please. Oh! Um, Look on Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair. Hold on, hold on. I will say this, though. You know what? Yeah. Okay, NXT, Robert Stone has his Robert Stone brand. Yeah. I'm going to start the Elio Canella brand, and my first four signings are the Iconics, Ruby Wright, and Bianca Belair. That's it. Well, it's the Elio Canella brand. Well, I I agree, I agree with your last two picks for sure. Um, no, no, but, the, uh, the first two are... No, actually, they're... <laughs> <laughs> You've been you've been misinformed, my friend. They're not iconic. They're absolutely moronic. Why do you hate them? Hate alert! I I don't I I don't hate them as people, but I hate the gimmick. At least at least my feud is relevant to and my hatred for Taz. You wanna pick on two women who haven't done anything to you? I'm not, I'm not picking on them personally. I didn't use their real names. You know, I'm, I'm just saying I'm not a fan of them. That's all. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, sorry. I just like messing with my co-hosts. Yes, yes, yes. Well, no show would be quite the same if he didn't. Uh, go on. So it, it's actually, par for the course at this actually, point. Actually, this, again, this wasn't really a bad match. I, uh, I well, I, th- I think your bias is showing. But that's okay. No, I, I like also not. A, I'm uh, I'm not. A, I'm not upset with like who won. I, I like all four of these. Uh, well, no, but but the thing is, um, of course I was I was thrilled with the result, but um, but you know it just it it remains to be seen if bianca belair is gonna be on the show regularly now or if she was just filling in for somebody because if if you recall 
Um, you know, it would have made perfect sense for uh, Liv Morgan to be involved with Ruby Riot because they had that. Yeah, I, I just had a thought. Yeah. And I don't think it would work. Riot Squad 2.0, Bianca Belair would be riding Liv Morgan. Well, well, I, you know, I don't think that that would work. I think you have to go. I think you have to go with maybe give him a, maybe give him a different name. Well, I don't know what you do, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think I think Liv Morgan would have made a lot more sense here than Bianca. Even though I was very happy to see Bianca, so I'm wonder I'm wondering if um, if there's a deeper reason behind. Uh, Liv Morgan not being on TV because if you recall, uh, you know they were kind of they were kind of teasing, um, you know, Ruby talking to uh, Liv and then Liv would like brush her off, but it seemed like that was going somewhere. So I'm wonder I'm wondering if maybe Liv Morgan tested positive or something. Uh, once again, I'm that that is that is pure conjecture on my part because. You know, I'm, I'm just looking at, like, who's missing and what would have been logical in some of these uh, segments. So, um, because if, if, if there's no other reason why she, why she, she would be out, then I, I don't see why she wouldn't have been involved there. But anyway. No, but for you, um, what would you think of this match? Um, you know, I just I – don't, I don't mind it. It's just – like it wasn't bad. It was just okay. I, I, but I really have a problem because, you know, you, you'll, you'll remember, you know, they were making a big deal out of this past Monday being the, you know, the five-year anniversary of, of the debut of Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks and all of that. You know, and, and you know, the ushering in of the women's evolution. And yet, and yet, Yes, that does deserve to be recognized. Absolutely, those the the those two women, and then of course, um, you know uh, Becky Lynch and Bailey, right along with them. They they changed the game, absolutely in terms of women's wrestling. But where where women's wrestling is now in WWE is so much lower than what it was, you know, in, in the, at the zenith of the women's evolution. And so the fact that, you know, they're still trying to pass it off as like a big deal when, when you know, when the women's division is in the state that it's in um, is absolutely ridiculous. And yes, you know, you could make the argument, well, you know, uh, you know, Becky's out. Um, you know, Char- Charlotte might be out for a little bit because she's having a non-injury-related surgery. Um, you know, so, so you're missing some uh, key pieces there. And so it will just be interesting to see, you know, who can step up. Um, I know what I would do uh, in, in in this situation. To me, to me, it's it's very easy to book 
you know, the women right now, and I know who, who I'd be focusing on, but I also know for a fact that, you know, that's just not where the powers that be are looking in WWE, but that's just me. Um, so now that, that that particular rant is over, um, let's move on to the third, what was supposed to be a match anyway. Um, so Tazawa and the ninjas are in the ring. Okay, you know what? Fuck. Just, I, I know. Go, go ahead and say it. Say it, say it a little bit louder. What was that four-letter word you just used? Just, you know what? Fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Because this gimmick is absolutely ridiculous in so many different ways. Yes, I hate it. Ugh. Ugh. God, it's fucking terrible. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, for some reason, somebody finds this entertaining. What possible en- entertainment value this could have, I don't know. Who, Vince? Uh, uh, I like the- ninjas. You're a ninja, damn it. It's such good shit, <laughs> No, Vince, it's not. <laughs> Sit back in your rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Let me let me tuck let me tuck your blanket under your feet. <laughs> anyway, um but but then we get the savior of this segment. Out comes Shayna Baszler. My god, Elio, we actually have a raw that had both Bianca Belair and um and uh, Shayna Baszler, am I existing in some sort of alternate Twilight Zone? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, and, you know, but I'm not complaining about uh, about that return. So she, uh, you know, she absolutely cuts a scathing promo. Uh, she says that she runs, she she runs the division and. And the other, the other women are being delusional, um, you know, hoping, hoping Baszler leaves everybody, uh, or that the terror being caused by Baszler was just a bad memory. Uh, she promises to bring a hard dose of reality to everyone in her way. So this would seem, this would seemingly indicate that Shayna, at least for now, is back on TV. How long that lasts, considering how she's been, how she's been booked or lack thereof, I don't know. But you know, that's just what it is. So then we get yet another reminder that this Sunday is the horror show at Extreme Rules. Yeah. Oh, my fucking god. Because we get an entire video package and recap of Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and drum roll, sarcastic drum roll, that is. Elio, do you know the kind of match you're having this Sunday? Uh, tell me, what kind of match? Uh, God. An eye for an eye match. Okay. Let me break down to you how stupid this is. <laughs> And, and as our listeners, I, I, I know that, that you share Elio and my derision at this because you, know, you, you guys are very intelligent uh, and, and you can figure out how absolutely asinine this is. Um, 
but the the way that the, the way that this has been explained to the fans is that one of the combatants, either Mysterio or Rollins, will leave this match minus an eye. That is absolutely ridiculous. How you win this match is to gouge your eyes out. I'm sorry. <laughs> am I am I watching an episode of Sons of Anarchy? You know, what what kind of CGI bullshit are you gonna pull off? Oh my god, alright. It's just, you know, it's just it just makes me sad. And, you know, and and, and the, the other thing too is, you know, I've read multiple reports that um that Ray hasn't signed a new contract. And at this point, who the fuck could blame him? <laughs> I am just so I'm so done with WWE. I'm just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this like, is the last show ever. What? No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it. You just said you're done with the WB. That would be this is the last episode ever of the PC Progression Podcast. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna make it to to 200 shows and well beyond. We'll we'll, we'll be on the show. And we'll be on the show. But did you know he just said, I've had it with WWE. I'm so done with yeah, WWE. Yes, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's if you're a, done with WWE, there would be no podcast. Uh, well, good point. <laughs> here, I thought, here I thought I was just using a figure of speech, but you took it literally. <laughs> no, I was just playing a I was just selling it for you. Oh, shit. Okay. I had to I had to readjust my headphones. I was just selling for you. I was playing along. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, good coverage in, in terms of preventing dead air. Um, <clears throat> but I'm sh- I'm sure there's going to be a lot of dead air during this eye for an eye match. You know the and the and the other thing that I found absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. was Tony Khan and Chris Jericho responding to WWE over this gimmick. Because because if you'll recall, if you'll recall, um, Santana and uh, John Moxley had a oh um, yeah eye for an eye match. You know, so I I just find I just find it completely stupid. Uh, Does it? You know what? I totally forgotten about that until you just brought it up. Well, that's that's what I'm here for. But I'm saying cause, uh, that, that's how ridiculous that was. An eye for an eye match. Uh, yeah, but but at least at least the way AEW did it, it made yeah. sense because yeah. they had you know. Yeah. But no, and 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 I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. This this next match was Murphy versus Aleister Black. Oh my God! <laughs> Once again. They drop the fucking ball on somebody that I'm like, I don't know how you dropped the ball on this motherfucker. Alistair Black, what are you doing with this guy? What I mean, like he used to be one of the coolest guys, you know, yeah. on the roster. I'm I'm like, okay, this this guy is gonna be a future world champion. I mean, like his his entrance is cool as hell. You know his his look is unique. 
you know, I'm being a tattoo guy, I'm all over that. I think his tattoos are awesome. I've, I've actually gone on his, uh, gone on his and his his wife uh, Selena's. PNC uh, exclusive. Yes, I've actually gone on, um, you know, his YouTube channel and watched him get tattooed. I mean, it's um, it's it's pretty cool. But I mean, th- but that being put aside, you know, this guy had all the potential in the world, and you know, he still does. I mean, he's still awesome at what he does, but. Now he's now he's running down to the ring and and saving Humberto and saving Ray and you know it just it doesn't fit with the, the dark character it's just what the hell is going on um you know so obviously Black should should have won this match but then there was all sorts of bullshittery on the outside with um with Ray and Dominic and. And you know Rollins, and there's all this buffoonery, buffoonery and bullshittery. Oh my God, I should have that trademark. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's just really hard to focus on on the match, and and thereby the match really sucks. Well, apparently, <clears throat> uh, Kevin Owens agrees because he comes out, and then once again. Raw cuts to commercial. I swear to God, how many times are they going to cut to commercial during a match and come back and They do it all the time on AEW and NXT. I mean, they do the picture in picture. You know, and in and, and, and all fairness, I hate it on both brands. Oh, yeah, I do too. Uh, because it just, you know, it, it interrupts the flow of everything and it's just weird. You know, so there, there needs to be some sort of, I don't know, some sort of strategic commercial placement or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, this just isn't getting it done. Um, <clears throat> and then we have Kevin Owens defeating uh, Seth Rollins, uh, which which to me is like, eh. You know, I I like Kevin Owens, but I just I didn't I, I didn't really see the point in having this match. Well, apparently they're going back to this uh, match, this feud. Yeah, and and to me, you know, the it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I, I like I said, I don't mind Kevin Owens. I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and completely bash it, but to me, you know, this thing ended at WrestleMania. It, it did. I mean, I mean, the guy jumped off the fucking, you know, time drum. What, what the fuck else you want him to do? You know, it's I don't understand this. Speaking of something I don't understand, Randy Orton defeating R Truth in like four seconds. What was the point of that? Bobby Lashley versus Ricochet with their respective friends at ringside. Oh my God. Well, at, at least, at least this full Nelson is, is more entertaining than, than seeing Bobby Lashley's former ass flex. But, uh, you know, the match still sucks. Then we actually get an eighth match on Monday Night Raw. For, I'll tell you what, for so many matches, this, this, this show certainly felt unimportant as all can possibly be. 
but the main event was uh, for the women's tag team titles, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus the Kabuki Warriors. Oh, this just in. Yeah. I ju- the the LAO Canola branches signed the Kabuki Warriors and Sasha Banks and Bailey. See now you now you're getting now you're getting better, but uh, you know it's just um. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kick the iconics out of there and, and just stick with stick with quality wrestlers. Um, All right. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I'm making an executive decision. <laughs> um, because I am the Messiah of the Elio Canelo brain. You think that this is the Elio? Elio Canelo Brain, no. There's a reason why the P comes before the C in the title of this show. You, so, <laughs> nice try uh, there. So, so, oh, so, so you're doing everything for the greater good? Speaking of that. I swear if I have to hear that one more time. <laughs> I, know, I know we touched on it. I'm glad you actually said something. I know we touched on it last week, but can you please explain to me what the fuck does the greater good mean? <laughs> they better not pull some bullshit like the higher power, okay? Because you can't do that. <sighs> well, I don't think that I don't think that that would work in 2020. I, you know, it worked back in 1999, but that was when. And besides, who who would it be anyways? Who would be I, who would play that? I have no idea. You know, you're you're asking me to forecast things and and look inside Vince McMahon's brain. Although I do have a, I do have a someone that would probably uh, be pretty good. Oh, that that would, it's uh, not anyone that you would know though. Well, try me. It's some independent. Uh, it's uh, this guy named the Omen Gabriel Stat. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and uh, and what's what's his gimmick? Does does it fit into this? Uh, actually, it's uh, his gimmick's a vampire. Oh, I'm I'm assuming it's it's more compelling than. Uh, Thorn, yes. Yeah, okay. Very good. Okay, but anyway, this um, <clears throat> this women tag team title match saw the return of Asuka. I thought she was on her way back to Japan. Um, no, it was in Kyrie Zane. It was on back her, uh, on back. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Kyrie Zane. I meant to say Kyrie Zane because she was in this match, and I thought that she, she was going to be on her way back to Japan. And retiring in a year, but apparently not. Um, <clears throat> and you know the the match was fine. Uh, actually, this was easily the best match of the night. Um, and one of the one of the things that I that I really that I really noticed in this match was just how smooth Sasha Banks' um, transitions are, especially especially going into. Um, Going into the bank statement to let I like that. Submission. I like that. Like right, right off the rope, saying uh, Sasha just transitions into the bank statement. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate technical wrestling like that. I, I, I thought that that looked really smooth and really cool. You know, because a lot of the times in, in wrestling, and, and we'll get into this over on the AEW review because there are a, a few things I want to bring up uh, while you're doing that. But I feel like... While I'm doing that, you're doing AEW. Okay, well, I, well, okay, then I'll bring it up myself. It's fine. I, I forgot. Um, but, um, yes, I'm, I'm forgetful. I, uh, I'm, I'm tired, <laughs> and I, I have to, I have to go to a party tomorrow, so I have to pregame myself. Oh, I have to go to a party. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. Yes. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> So her her transitions are are great, and if you if you didn't see that ending se- sequence, um, you know, right as she was going into the bank statement, I encourage you to go back and, and take a look because it was pretty cool. I have you know, it DVR'd. And and but as I as I was saying, um, you know, one of the things that bothers me about uh, pro wrestling nowadays is the fact that. You can literally see people like setting up for moves to come mm-hmm. in such a like a glitchy, predictable way, and it's like, you know, like it's one thing if you have to set up like a ring full of chairs or something. Like I get that because that takes time, but but like when it, when everything is so obvious and you got people like scooting closer to the ropes and just little things like that really pissed me off. Um, but that was, that was your main event of the show. And obviously, uh, Sasha Banks and Billy retain. Uh, and you know, I think, I think I have an idea of where I would like this to go and I'll get into that once we, uh, once we preview, um, extreme rules and uh, you know going on into SummerSlam afterwards. So anyway, um, with that being said, that wraps up our Monday Night Raw review, and I will um, toss it over to Elio for his take on NXT. All right. So. Let's see what we have here. Just pull up the card and here we go. NXT opens with our first match. Now, Ben, did you catch this? Uh, first of all, did you see the show? Um, no, I did not. Oh, okay. Um, is, okay. it worth, is it worth going back and taking uh, a look at? Well, there, there was uh, something online I saw online about this first match: uh, Damian Priest defeating Cameron Grimes. If you look at the, uh, I don't know if you saw the ending. Like I saw the, uh, it was like a ten-second clip online. 
I, I may I may have seen that. Remind remind me of um, Damien Priest went for the cover. You got the three count then uh Grimes while uh, Priest was going for the cover, Grimes' his finger landed somewhere. Oh, that that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh shit. Yeah, um, and, like, uh, and like fans like noticed it, uh, noticed it, and they did. They commented right away. Okay. I'm like, what? I'm sure that was uncomfortable. They they, they didn't show it on on uh, the on the broadcast itself, but uh, someone must have uh, been record must have been recording because. Well, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it can be found on the trusty YouTube. Yep. Uh, then we had Indy Hartwell defeating Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, speaking of Shotzi Blackheart, I um I, I read a report. I like her. You know what? It's a good thing she didn't sign with the Robertson brand because she didn't sign with the LA Okinawa brand. That's it. Uh, no, uh, no, I don't think you're going to want her to sign. Why? Uh, well, if, if the report that I read is true, um, she has um, she has sold her own fecal matter before. Oh, you know what? Shotzi <laughs> oh. Blackheart, you're out. That's it. So... <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really sure if WWE is aware of that, but what uh, the, who does that? What the hell? Oh my god, what <laughs> So when I read that I was a little it's bit disturbed. Right, what the <laughs> but, Oh, sorry, did I give you bad images? <laughs> Uh, and okay. <laughs> Anyways, Shotzi Blackheart, you're out. That's it. We're divorced. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm signing Indy Hartwell in your place. That's it. <laughs> All right. Then, then we had for the LA for the winner take all match with Keith Lee defeating Dominic Dijakovic. Well, obviously that was gonna happen. I mean, yeah. you know. Keith Lee had just won both belts. Then we had Timothy Thatcher defeating Denzel Dejeunette. Denzel Dejeunette is back. Oh my god, he's like the resident jobber during this uh, performance center era. Yeah, this is great. Like I don't, you know what? I've I've only heard the name. I've seen the pictures uh, like on um, on Google. Like when I've. Uh, when I was keeping track of the live events, but I've never really seen him on TV. He was also on Raw a couple of times, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, he's been the resident jobber to the stars during this uh, pandemic period. And, and in our main event, it was Io Shirai defeating Tegan Knox. Um, yeah, and you know, if they, if they mess up... Uh, Io Shirai, I I may have I know I said this with with um, Shayna Baszler, but if they mess up Io Shirai, which I think they will, based on what happened with Kyrie Zane, mm-hmm. um, 
then I'm I'm just gonna ha- I might have to quit WWE for a short period of time under protest because it's just you know there there is money and talent written all over this woman and it, it's it's the same with Shayna Baszler and, and I'm, I'm looking at them like what in the sweet baby Jesus are you doing you know I mean much less so with Io Shirai I'm just saying like like I, I'm broad I'm forecasting what I think is going to happen to her um, once she gets called up to the main roster. Right now, she's perfectly fine because she's, she's with Uncle Paul on NXT. So, um, right now, she's fine. Okay, Ben, you know what? So, you know how I do my indie spotlights? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> this is not indie spotlight. I was just looking up information on Keegan Knox. Just like other stuff that she's done. Right. I can't believe this name. That that she under the aliases, I can't believe this name. Are you ready for this? Oh God. Luchadora the Explorer. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, excuse me. Oh my god. <laughs> Luchadora the Explorer. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a review of NXT. We're going to take a break in. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. Good lord. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm going to throw it back over to my co-host, Ben, for our review of AEW's Fight for the Fallen. Ben, go ahead. Cause I'm TNT I'm dynamite TNT And I will not fight TNT I'm a power load TNT Watch me explain Well then thank you so much uh, so to start out, we had uh, Sunny Kiss versus Cody Rhodes. This was a, not a bad opening match. I enjoyed this. No, one. Not, no, it really wasn't bad at all. I I, um, I enjoyed this one. Um, although I would like to, um, you know, I would like to call something to attention. Um, when this match was announced, uh, there was a particular exchange between. A certain fan, and and I'll, I'll use that term loosely, and Cody Rhodes on Twitter. Yeah, because where, fan, fans are stupid in 2020. Go on. Well, yes, they, they really are because, you know, they, they get on Twitter and they have this invisible platform and they think that they can say whatever the hell they want to say and then yep. nothing, nothing happens. Well, anyway... Um, Cody didn't take too kindly to this, and actually, my respect level for Cody as a human being arose uh, after this. Well, what, what ended up happening was um, this particular um, this particular person called Sonny a uh, the other f word. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, and um, 
you know, and you know how on the show sometimes they they mix up a Sunny Kiss's pronouns yeah. and go like I don't know why they go back and forth, but that's neither here nor there. But I just I just found that comment to be completely ridiculous, and um, you know I usually don't get political on this show, but it's just that when you when you judge somebody for what in my opinion they can't control um i and and even if even if they can control it which i'm not making that argument but you know how dare you criticize somebody for their own lifestyle choices when it has no impact on you whatsoever you know Mm -hmm. if if you want to have that that opinion I can't stop you, but please shut the fuck up because I don't, I, you know, I don't want to hear about it. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, was that too direct? So anyway, I, you know, just let people live the way, the way that they want to. As far as I'm concerned, Sonny Kiss is a, is a very talented wrestler, and that's all I need to know about that. I did not know that uh, he had uh, one match in Evolve. I was just looking that up. Well, I didn't either. But anyway, so Cody's response to this um, to, to this guy was, if you, have a, if you have a problem with a gay man getting a title shot, you can kiss my ass. And when I saw, oh, when I saw oh, that, I, I saw like, that. I was like, yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, so anyway, uh, really, uh, really good match. And, um, you know, the... Uh, the show of respect um, was um, was a little bit a little bit weird at the end. Uh, it may have foreshadowed a, a heel turn because it was just a little bit over the top, but in terms of uh, in, in terms of the hug and stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of Cody, Cody was being a bit of a heel in the match. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, even even on Anderson got in his face. Uh, yeah, so that that was a little bit interesting, but um, but a big respect for Sonny because I think I think she sh- or I think he excuse me um, showed up and 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 uh, and did his thing. Not not the best match, but certainly um, certainly one that was very decent, and uh, he he deserved to get the focus and and the and the attention that he did. So I was very. I was very happy for Sonny Kiss on this occasion. Um, so, so good, good for him. Um, match number two um, was um, FTR versus the Lucha Bros. And um, you know how uh, you know how I hate the term fantasy match. Yeah. Well, for me, the, this is one of them because you know everybody talks about the Young Bucks. But to me, my my two favorite tag teams are are FTR and and the Lucha Bros. Actually, the Lucha Bros would be ranked number one because of my because of my love for Lucha Libre uh, that goes like way back to me being a kid. But but these uh, these two tag teams for me are at the very top. Um. So so this was this was just tremendous. And um, I'm not even gonna try to, you know, go through the match because, to be honest with you, I would just, I would just be reading off a screen, and I, I wasn't really paying attention uh, to this match in terms of analytical purposes for the podcast. 
um, I was just, in, I just kind of, you know, put my headset down and just kind of enjoyed it as a fan. Um, but uh, I definitely, I definitely want to see more of this. Um, I did not, I did not like the uh, segment after, after the match where, um, where uh, Kenny got the beer poured on his head. I don't, I don't think that that kind of stuff is is ne- is necessary to um, to uh, further a feud between teams of this of this uh, of this. Um, what is what is the word? I'm caliber. Yes. The, the, there we go. A caliber. Um, <laughs> I should be very familiar with that word. Um, but, exclusive. but anyway, um, thank you for saving me from drowning. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was this was a really good match, and um, you know, and FTR just just continues to show that uh, WWE really dropped the ball, and I'm I'm glad that they're in uh, they're in, in it. And in AEW now, other than WWE main roster, because they were they had they stayed in WWE, they would have been dressed up like Flavor Flav on Halloween. And I tell you, <laughs> oh, I tell you, you talk about the stupid costumes that they uh, yeah, that the, they wanted them to wear. The court gesture shit with the yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, that's ridiculous. Oh god. So they they escaped that particular injustice, and good for them. Um. <clears throat> so then up next we have um. We have um Jer- Jericho and uh, Inner Circle minus Sammy Guevara in the ring, and they all have um. They all have jugs of orange juice in their hands, um, and, and Jericho's look was hilarious. He, he had his hair all blown out, and, and like looking like he came fresh from the salon or something. Like I couldn't stop laughing at his hair. <laughs> it was I don't know for some reason it just tickled the funny bone. Okay. Um, but anyway, another PNC. <laughs> so he goes on to brag about um, to brag about beating Orange Cassidy and how he had one of the best matches in AEW history. And I have to say, it was a very good match. Uh, um, you know, and, and certainly he could make that argument in terms of AEW history because I, I thought that was very good. Did you, did you catch him messing up his lines? Yeah, he he did that a couple times um, during during this promo. I only, I did, I, I only picked up one. Where what was the other one? Um. Well, he 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 was really uh, stumbling along when he when he delivered the the demo god and the and the ratings kind of thing. Okay, because I was talking about that when he said there will be no rematch between Cassidy and Orange. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember that one too. Um, but uh, I thought I was hearing things. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but he probably sounded like me when I have one of my uh, wordplay snafus. Um, <clears throat> so, so anyway, um, 
so they they pour out orange juice after saying that um, Cassidy did a really good job, just not good enough. So they they were like mourning the loss of his dead career, so to speak. Um, but then, of course, here comes Cassidy uh, with with the slow walk. And I call it the slow burn nowadays. Um, and uh, Jericho is getting really annoyed with uh, with interrupting the celebration. Uh, call, calls him a, a piece of shit, and uh, then then Cassie gives the thumbs up and then the slow thumbs down, and the entire inner circle gets drenched in orange juice. And Ortiz was flopping around like a fish. <laughs> Yeah. Even Jamin Jericho got annoyed. Get up, you idiot! <laughs> and, to, and, to, and to me, to me, that was the best line of the promo. Every, everybody else was going nuts over, over, you know, his comments on the de- on like the demos and stuff like that. Personally, I don't need those kind of comments. I mean, coming no. from coming from Jericho, it made sense. You know, and Jericho can get away with that because of who he is and the way he delivers his lines. But, you know, I just, I don't need that, you know, ratings because I don't watch wrestling for ratings. I, I don't give a fuck. Um, so, anyway. Um, but uh, up next was Jurassic Express um, versus The Elite. And I don't know about you, man, but I, I just, I cannot get behind Jurassic Express. I just, I can't. What do you think? Which, which, which member specifically? Um, well, all three of them, really. I'm done with the Luchasaurus. I just, I can't do it. No, I, I no, I really can't, can't either. He, he comes off like a whip. He's supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a dinosaur. Yeah, he's such a wimp. He comes off. Well, you know, and and, and like the dino for me, per, this is just me. I'm I'm not I'm not saying Luchasaurus himself is not a talented wrestler because I I think he does have some talent. I'm saying that that the gimmick it it, it just reminds me of like a 1995 1996 gimmick. Hey, I found his uh I found his birth certificate. <laughs> Oh, 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 really? Yeah, he was born 65 million years ago. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Herbert Christ. (laughs) That's how you know. No, I actually found that on Instagram on the AEW on TNT account. They actually posted that. Oh, my God. The, the nerds. Oh, God. <laughs> See, that, that's not something I could make up, but I actually saw that on Instagram. Well, no, because I, I was beginning to get curious because of the level of detail you were going into. So I, I was actually going to ask if someone had posted that. Yeah, yeah. AEW on TNT posted that. That's very lame. I have to say that that's very... That's just that's just lame. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> but uh, after 
of course, the match ends um, with uh, with Kenny reversing a roll-up attempt to hit the V-trigger and then the one-winged angel for the pin. Um, you know, maybe it's just me, but, like, the... Like, okay, I see the talent of of the young bucks, but I'm not their biggest fan either because they, in my opinion, they don't sell worth a damn. Uh, I, and the other thing too, is I understand super kicks are part of their gimmick. I don't need to see a multitude of them, uh, throughout the match. Like save it for, if you want to do a series of them, then save it like for a finisher where you have to hit two or three of them. Um, you know, but it, Maybe it's just me. I mean, I because because we we do have you know a, a mutual friend with the young bucks, um, and and he says that they're fantastic people and he knows their family and all that stuff, and uh, <clears throat> you know and that's all well and good and they're a very good tag team. But maybe it's just me. But I don't see them as being the best. Um. So the the match was the match was fine. It was just little little things like that that I uh, that I picked up on. So um, next up, uh, uh, Sheeta is backstage, and and she said that that she is ready for uh, the native beast Nyla Rose. Eh, well, excuse excuse me because I am. I am very excited um, for Hikaru Shida being the champion, but I I, just, I really don't care that um, that Nyla Rose is involved in in the story. I don't, you know, it's just I don't have a problem with Nyla Rose. I just I don't I don't see her as being a women's champion caliber wrestler. Um, so then uh, ne- next up. Uh, Moxley cuts a promo about his upcoming match later tonight with uh, uh, with Brian Cage. Um, as as you all understand, as as you guys know, um, the match was delayed because of uh, coronavirus concerns and uh, Renee Young testing positive and. Uh, Moxley obviously being exposed to that, but he seemed fine because he's ready for the main event at Fight for the Fallen later tonight. And then um, after this, I, I found this to be a very weird match. I don't know if you saw this, but it was it was apparently uh, Allie and Brandy Rhodes have formed a tag team called the, Night- the Nightmare, Nightmare Sisters. Sisters. Uh, you know what? I don't like this team. No, it's like the Nightmare Collective Part Two. I don't, and I don't need to see it. Um, <laughs> and can you tell they didn't get along and see how at the end Dustin Rhodes uh, raised uh, Brandy's arm, but he, didn't he, uh, raise Ali's? Uh, yeah, I um, I I I saw that, and I just I'm not I'm not interested enough in this tag team period to really care. Um, the, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna do a bit of a. Well, no, actually, I don't have to do Indy Spotlight because Kenzie Page, we already uh, talked about her. But uh, I don't know if you know, if you remember M.G. Jenkins. Yeah, she, I do. She, she was in NXT. Yeah, okay. Um, 
So I uh, I noticed that right off the bat. So I'm glad to see that she landed on her feet, and hopefully, hopefully she'll have the opportunity to do more in AEW. I was I was very happy for her that she uh, landed in AEW. So uh, as we mentioned before, Nyla was uh, heavily talked about by Hikaru Shida earlier in the evening, and uh, if you'll recall, last week, uh, Nyla Rose said that she was going to get a manager because all champions in, uh, in AEW right now seem to have managers. Um, I, I don't think you should say all uh, because the, the world champion doesn't have a manager, um, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but... But she announced that her manager is Vicky Guerrero. Oh, God. You know, out of, out of respect for, for Eddie and, and, and how good Vicky did in, in her role in WWE, I'm not going to completely shit on this. But this, this combo, uh, just it doesn't seem like it's going to work. Like, Vicky Guerrero... As a as a character, I actually love it. Like she's the good she's the good kind of annoying, uh, in in my opinion, because All she right. just she just plays her character so well. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pardon the pun, right? <laughs> um, but um, so there was that, and, and hopefully it, it turns out well for for all involved. Um, Next up, we have the uh, was 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 this the main event? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was main event. Uh, Brian Cage with a uh, your boy Tabs. Uh, yes. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Taking on John Boxing. Go on. Oh shit! No, it, it was... it's Ben's love fest to time with with Taz. Let's go. Let's have it. God. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was obviously John Moxley, Brian Cage. Um, and I, uh, you know, I was a fan of the build of this match, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure Cage should should have gotten a, a title match right now because to me, given the events of, of the uh, pandemic and, and how, uh, you know, Moxley hasn't had the opportunity to be in front of the crowd as as a champion. To me, it was like a foregone foregone conclusion that Cage was going to lose. So that kind of took me out of the match a little bit. But having said that, I really like how um, how Moxley just makes all of his matches seem like a legit fight versus a scripted uh, you know partnership kind of thing. Okay. Um, it's just something that I notice. He, he he brings a real intensity to his matches, which I appreciate. Um, actually, um, yeah, you didn't touch on the ending. I I'm going to you dip. I haven't gotten to the ending. All right, let's go. Good lord, patience is a virtue. Jesus Christ. All right, Jericho. All right. Well, in in the interest of 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 not seeing Elio have a hissy fit again. Uh, let's just let's just jump right to the end. Um, so um, 
Moxley had uh, Cage's arm in a, in a uh, submission, and uh, Kaz threw in the towel for his client, uh, which which was at first I thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, you know, how are you gonna build Brian Cage up and then have someone throw in the towel for him? But then then I started to think that maybe it protects. Cage a little bit because obviously Moxley Moxley's not going to lose right now, and that way if if um, Cage doesn't tap out and somebody else throws in the towel for him, uh, then he doesn't look weak and Taz still looks like he cares about his client. Yeah, it's the first smart thing Taz did. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, now, now, you know, now you know how I feel every time you talk about the Iconics. Um, but anyway, um, so that was AEW. And uh, once again, I think, I think this site that I'm using for, um, for the review. Wait, oh, little, yeah, what did they give it? It was a little bit too kind for my liking. Uh-oh. It, well, let me let me just uh, scroll down just to make sure I have this accurately. It was come on. They rate they rated this an eight. No, oh, come on. It's just it's just a little. It's a it's a little bit too kiss assy for me. Yeah, no, I'd give it at least six. I I would have given it like a six point five. Okay. All right, so now we're going to get move on to SmackDown. Jesus, God bless you, my son. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Are you Smackdown starts out with a match to determine what the stipulation for this Sunday's pay-per-view will be between Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus The New Day. Will it be a steel cage or will it be a tables match? We had Cesaro defeating Big E, and so we now know that it will be, I believe, a tables match. Yeah. They had a choice between a tables match and a cage match. How original. I know, wasn't it riveting? Then we have a moment of bliss where Alexa Bliss goes A.K.A. Over. a moment where Ben takes a piss. PNC exclusive <laughs> that rhymes. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> So we uh, have a moment of bliss where Alexa is going to introduce her special guest, her mystery guest. And Bailey comes out, but Alexa says, no, it's not Bailey. She then introduces Asuka. 
Then, this, this was so stupid. And it then, was so obvious. Er, everything, everything just breaks down and leads into a tag team match with Bailey and Sasha Banks defeating Oscar and Nikki Cross. Eddie Long would be proud. Then we have Braun Strowman defeating John Morrison. Tell me now. Just, uh, In the next match, we have. Uh, you know, I, I I hate to I hate to re re interrupt your. Uh, your spiel here. I know that this is your part of the review, but uh, can I just mention something about this, please? Yeah. So, so if, if you'll recall before Backlash, they had this, um, they had this segment where the van got tipped over and Miz and Morrison were in it and then, and then they lost to Braun in a Handicap match for for the championship. Um, why is this? Uh, why is this continuing? Uh, why is this the best that they can do for Braun when he's headed into a championship match with uh, with the Fiend? I mean, you know, you put him in the ring with John John Morrison, and and it, you know, it doesn't do John Morrison any good because. I'm actually a big fan of John Morrison. When he, if you if you take away his his association from the Miz and you know the the fact that I hate that tag team, um, you know I'm actually a, a huge fan of John Morrison himself. Ben, don't lie. I've seen you. I've seen you rock out to their hey hey ho ho theme. Okay, well I think you were seeing things because that never happened, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you spread such lies to me on this podcast? Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so I I really hated seeing uh, seeing John Morrison get squashed like that. Like you couldn't you couldn't bring a if you wanted someone to get a minute and fifty seconds. If you wanted if you wanted Sherman to look strong in this in this role. Right before his match, wouldn't this be the time to have a squash match that lasted one minute and fifteen seconds? You don't, you don't do that to somebody with the resume of a John Morrison. I'm sorry, that's just me. Um, but you know, it, then, then he goes into this promo and he's sweating all over the microphone or dripping water. Yeah, hold on. Is it just me or? Or do you find it disgusting how he puts the microphone right up to his mouth? Yeah, because all, all of the spit or the that water. That is so disgusting. And like, whatever it was, whether it was spit or water, it was all, like, dripping on the mic and shit. I'm yeah, like, that's just, this, that's so gross. Like, you know, Braun Strowman, he has a bad habit of doing that. He puts the microphone right up to his mouth. It's like, you don't need to be doing that. No, it's like it's like you know you, you hold you hold. You know how many the, people use that microphone? Yeah, I mean you, you yes, and especially during the, the social distancing part, you might want to be more careful with your mic placement. But I mean, you like you don't have to hold the mic up here and go like this, like you're drinking a soda. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the hell? But anyway, I just. I I dislike Braun Strowman and I hope I hope the fiend kills him. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Keen exclusive the feud continues between Ben and Braun Strowman. Oh, please. <laughs> All right, in the next match, Lacey Evans defeats Naomi. Uh, ne- oh, God, poor Naomi. Did you see the way Lacey Evans covered Naomi for the pen? Uh, no. Oh, I don't know. P, I swear, people in 2020. Look at every little thing. For some reason, they were like, they took a a, a picture, a still photo of the way she was covering Naomi. She had her legs up over her head when she was covering Naomi for the three count. She had Naomi's legs up. Like, I don't understand. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's these Twitter users who I know have, <laughs> who have no life and nothing better to do and nothing. No better way to entertain themselves. I know, seriously, I can't stop looking at every little detail. Like, oh my god, you know, like just, just, just shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> and in the main event, we had AJ Styles defeating Matt Riddle to hold on to the Intercontinental Championship. Well, we already knew that Matt Riddle wasn't gonna win. Well, yeah, but the, but the one, the one problem that I had with this match was that Matt Riddle lost clean. I, I would not have had. I, 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 I had another problem. What's that? Matt Riddle wear boots for crying out loud. Jeez. Uh yeah. It's just like. Uh, no no is it, is it just me or at the end did they actually shake hands or something? Uh yeah I think so. Oh okay. All right so that was um, our review of. WWE SmackDown. Okay, so go home shows to extreme. So, so since since I gave a rating for AEW, what's your rating for SmackDown? Four. Uh, yeah. Uh, w- once again, you may have been a little generous. I would I would have said a three. I just it's, don't I just don't care about SmackDown. SmackDown is terrible. Yeah, it really is. And this is the go home show for the uh, pay per views. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can make your Extreme Rules weekend a little bit less terrible, and uh, at least entertain you on this show. Uh, oh, so no. up next, we're up next. We're going to uh, should we should we go back in time in the DeLorean first, and then wrap up with the predictions? Hold on. All right, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, let's uh, fire up the line, and then we'll close it out with Extreme Rules. Okay, cool. So, this week, Ben. We are going back to Sunday, July 18th, 1999. What were you doing on this night? Uh, I have no idea. Probably probably beating Power Rangers in my basement. Or like 
like imaginary Power Rangers in my basement because at this point, even at eleven, I was I was like really into that. PNC exclusive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, ECW was holding their pay per view Heat Wave '99 from the Hera Arena in Trotwood, Ohio, and the. the the fans in attendance that night were 3,700 with the announcers on commentary, Cyrus Survivors and Joey Styles. Yeah, and, um, and as, as I said earlier in the show, I remember uh, not too long ago um, watching this, uh, this show on um, the WWE Network. How did you like this show? Um, I I thought I thought it was pretty good. It was it wasn't it it wasn't the best. I mean, I I would have. I mean, it's it's definitely in the middle of the road in terms of ECW pay per views. Um, you know, because this was, uh, this was in '99, and, and to me, uh, the the peak of uh, the peak of ECW was in '98. Uh, to me. Um, okay. but, um, and, and plus to, to your point, um, I didn't, I didn't like, um, Cyrus the virus. Okay. Yeah. I, I was a fan. I, like, I, like I was saying, I liked his, uh, Jackal persona a lot better when he was yeah. in the WWF. So, um, <clears throat> but, you know, I really, I really did enjoy, uh, some of this, they, um, I, I really, I really liked ECW's intro packages and how they, uh, they went, um, you know, they went through everything. We got to see, um, we got to see Lita standing side by side with, uh, Danny Daring and, and, uh, Roadkill. That was, that was a pre-WWE partnership, so that's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know it, it's it's trippy to see how young Rhino looks um, on this on this show because I've uh, I've met him before and uh, <clears throat> I think like I think more maybe once or twice um, and uh, you know so it's just trippy to go back and like just see how young and and still athletic he is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Right. Anyway, continue. So let's uh, get into this card. Our dark match on this show was Vito, Vito Joseph LaGrasso, or I guess Big Vito defeating Simon Diamond. And our, the, the show opens up with Chris Shetty and Nova defeating Amish Roadkill and Danny Doring. Okay, well, um, and, and the... Uh... And the, the one thing that I didn't like, and I, I understand that this is uh, that this is ECW, so it was a little bit, um, it, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, um, racier. And there's a lot of that that I like, and I, I like edgier wrestling. But one the one thing I didn't like was the crowd was was chanting at Lita, Miss Congeniality at this point in time, that she's yeah, got that, that was her name. Yeah, that she's got herpes and she's a crack whore. Um, you know, and then and then he proposes to her with a condom, 
and puts a condom on her finger. And, you know, it's like, you know, 1999. Wait, he, was, he who? Sorry, he who? Uh, Danny During. Oh. He, he put a condom on her finger as a wedding ring. And, and like 1999 me, that would have gone completely over my head. But you know, 2019, early 2020 me was just like, what the hell is this? And, and like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not the captain of the PC police. I'm not gonna call people out all the time. Because I think I think people are just entirely too sensitive nowadays, but but this was this was just ridiculous. I, I mean, I was I was uncomfortable watching this. In our second match, we had Chaz defeating Jason Knight. Now you were telling that you had a problem with this. Well, it, it's not that it's not that I have a problem with this. What I with the match or, or these competitors. Um, what I have a problem with is intergender wrestling. I just, as a, as a, um, as a general rule, I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's why I said, that's why I said you had a problem with this match because, yeah, intergender wrestling. I, when I was never a fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the likelihood of, of the woman getting hurt even by accident, you know, it's just... You know, I just don't like it, and it's just a, a protective part of me because if my if if any of my female family members were in that situation, I wouldn't like it at all. Um, but next up, we had uh, Super Crazy defeating Little Guido, and guess what? Yeah, Little Guido and I have something in common. What's that? We both share the same birthday. Oh, very good. Yes, sir. Little Guido. Yeah, Little Guido. That's Nunzio, right? Yes. Yes. We have the same birthday. Very good. All right. Then uh, for the ECW Tag Team Championships, Balls Mahoney and Spike Dudley defeat the Alliance. Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. See, this confuses me. Like, why they called them the Alliance at this time, point in time? Um. Yeah, well, actually... And I don't think that, that this had anything to do with it, but it, but coincidentally, um, the Dudley Boys left. I think the Dudley Boys left for WWE shortly after this. Oh, this was before they showed up in WWE. Yeah, this was like okay, this okay. was like a month or two. Because I do remember uh, seeing something about their final match before they uh, left. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I think that this was like their either their last or next next to last match in uh, ECW. And then but, we uh, have our second intergender match: Francine defeating Steve Carino. Um, you know, and I just I can't buy that. Uh, you know, I just I can't I can't buy into that. Um, I think I think it just. I think it comes off as hokey, and I think obviously when you have intergender wrestling, I think there's going to be a lot of. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like outside interference and just stupid stuff, and I, I'm just not a fan. 
Then we had the ECW World Heavyweight Championship Taz defeating Yoshihiro Tachiri. Well, I'm, I mean, I mean, to me, that this was this just epitomizes the difference between like a WWE approach and an ECW approach. I mean, here here we are in 1999, and Tajiri has a world title opportunity. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, he would have never had a world title opportunity in WWE. Oh my goodness. Um. You know, and and, that, and that's one thing that I that I appreciated about ECW uh, is that if you had the talent, it didn't matter what your size was, it didn't matter, it, it really didn't matter what your luck was, or and blah blah blah. And they, and there's all that you know, there's all that um, cosmetic shit in WWE, and I just I really appreciated. Uh, seeing Tajiri in a world title match because I I was always a fan of his. So yeah. that's just me. Um but and, I had I had a lot of fun watching this one. And in the main event the whole effing show teamed up with the new FN show as Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam defeat Justin Credible and Lance Storm. Um yeah and uh I was I was surprised by this because uh, given given the amount of push that they were getting at the time, um, I would have anticipated the Impact players um, getting the um, getting the win. Again, um, again, I'm not, I don't understand why they're calling them the Alliance as well. Like, well, it's, it's weird because if you if you recall, um, you know, I think I think Just Incredible did get briefly involved. In um, in the alliance thing as like a background player before he uh, before he went on to team up with Albert. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, like, like I said, I wasn't really following ECW closely at this time. That's why I'm not caught up on like the whole name here. Yeah, well, you know, and, and but in your defense. I'm a little bit thrown off by that too. So I'm I'm not sure if I'm not sure if we're missing something. So if uh, maybe I'll do a little bit of research uh, after the show and just kind of um, figure it out. And then if I find something, um, I can mention it on next week's show. I actually um, speaking of uh, last week's show, um, I uh, I was trying to figure out all the stuff. Um, you know, related to uh, Paul Bear getting into getting encased in cement. Oh yes. Okay. And and the reason for that was because it was billed as a concrete crypt match. Oh okay. Why? So, yes, I already. Knew, well, we already knew that, but um, I was sort of like, uh, why? Well, like, I I, how, I, didn't, how, I didn't know that, but so. Oh. That was new. That was new to me, but um, why? But, um, I didn't know anything about the preview itself because I was up back in school at that time. Yeah, well, and you know, t- and two thousand four, um, I was I was kind of in and out on the product because that was like the end of my parents, quote unquote, banning me from watching the product. Oh, the ban was lifted. 
PNC exclusive, Ben is allowed to watch wrestling. Even though I still I still managed to watch it enough where I knew what was going on, but I you had to rebel. Be- <laughs> I, I I got news for you, brother. I was always a rebel. Uh, you know, I, I, I was yes, a- yes, yes. We know what a badass you are. No, I'm, I'm not even saying that, but it, it's just uh, yeah. I was always kind of the 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 rule breaker when it came to like other people's expectations of me. So, you know. All right, so that is our review of uh, ECW Heatwave '99, and we are now going to get into our predictions for tomorrow night's Extreme Rules. Our bet. Before we do that. I already have next week's uh, uh, history pay-per-view lined up. And what will that be? I was just looking this up. And July 25th, 1999, we're going to take a look at WWF Fully Loaded. Oh, that will be a really good one. So that will be next week. Right now we're going to get into our predictions for the horror show at Extreme Rules. Oh my fucking god. Father Elio, I have a confession. Tell me your sins, my son. I I predict that this is going to be a complete shit show disaster. Okay. I, I, re- I really do. I, I just don't see this going well. It's not Halloween season. There's no reason for this. You know, no, I, I almost expected this to take place at Halloween. If they're going to call it a horror show, I would expect this to take place in October. You know, and, and if if they're calling it that because of the Wyatt Swamp fight, um, don't you want to advertise it a little bit more, give a little bit more backstory rather than just relying on the fact that Braun Strowman was briefly in the Wyatt family? I mean, I, I understand that that's going to be the launching off point, but if, if you're going to revisit this six years after the fact, then at least, you know, go back into, like, the deeper psychological reasons and the psychological control that that Braun had over over that faction. You know, there's there's none of that. And, and, uh, so, and so, consequently, I don't give a fuck. All right, so let's get into this uh, from... Bottom to top, here we go, Ben. The first match is the New Day versus Shizaru Shinsuke Nakamura in a tables match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Well, sadly, I, I want it to be uh, Cesaro and Nakamura. I just know better. I, I mean, uh, have to no, go with the New Day because there's, there's, no, there's no way that the New Day loses this thing. And I don't know why they even bother having the Tag Team Champions when... They don't like tag teams. In it's it's the most useless thing ever because it one 
WWE puts no focus, no effort, no care at all into into the tag team division, which which pisses me off because me personally, I have always been a fan of tag team wrestling. Uh, that and Lucha Libre have actually been two of my favorite elements ever in professional wrestling. Um, so the fact that they're just shitting on it for the sake of shitting on it, in my opinion, is it, just ridiculous. Number two, uh, they don't have enough tag teams in the company, period, to have two uh, t- two separate tag team titles. Um, and num- number three, the, the titles themselves, by default, because of your neglect, don't mean shit. So that's three reasons right there why they shouldn't exist. All right, and... Um... In the next match for the United States Championship, Apollo Crews versus MVP. Ben, do we see Apollo Crews joining the Hurt Business? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Um, because because if they just, if they keep him with his, you know, kind of baby face thing going on and they leave him by himself... Uh, you know, I don't see Vince using Apollo Crews um, because, you know, previous to Heyman's involvement, uh, you know, Apollo wasn't being used for like four years before this. So I think the only way that he can he can stay relevant if uh, if Vince isn't going to put the same level of focus on him that uh, that Heyman left behind is for him to join the Hurt Business, and it's something that makes sense. I understand. It's not just me, or is that not a stupid name for a stable? Well, it's better than the Beatdown Clan. Well, this is true. The Beatdown Clan was just stupid. Uh, Well, yes. Uh, But I I see the winner being MVP, and then then I think he's going to gift the championship to... uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. To Bobby Lashley. Wait, gifted the championship to Bobby Lashley. Um, okay. Yeah, but oh, so Apollo Crews still joins uh, his stable, but just uh, Bobby Lashley gets the belt. Yeah, because the MVP would have beaten Apollo Crews. Okay. Yeah. All right, then we have. <laughs> An eye for an eye match. Maybe Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> well, logically, I would say it has to be, it has to be um, Seth Rollins winning. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins as well. This match is gonna be so because, garbage. Yeah, well, I, I, I do. I, as a matter of fact, I think it's gonna be a flaming pile of bonfire-sized garbage. I really do. Um, I think, didn't they already uh, film this match or something? I believe so. That's what I heard. But the, the reason why I think Seth Rollins wins is because it facilitates it facilitates Dominic being seduced into joining the uh, into joining the uh, the Monday Night Messiah. I was just uh, I was just gonna say I see Dominic uh, joining uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I can see that. Um, 
And um, if not, he's going to do it shortly after, maybe even on uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, and we but, have – sorry, go on. But no, I was just going to say, if if Dominic's not involved, then – and if he's not joining up with Seth, then what's the point of this whole thing? So Because – once again, we haven't learned what the greater good is, so maybe this match will be a step forward in discovering that. Maybe Dominic's the greater good. <laughs> well, that is, <laughs> and that would be at least compelling. I mean, I don't know if it would make sense, but at least that's maybe a compelling step toward finding out what the greater good is. I think we just solved the mystery of who, who the greater good is. Well, I well, I don't think Dominic is the greater good, but I think he could be, he could be a stepping stone to finding out who it is. <laughs> then we have the Wyatt's well, quite Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Yes, Bray Wyatt, and the championship isn't even on the line in this match. Which is a goddamn travesty in and of itself. The fact that Bray that Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend, is not the champion and hasn't been the champion for the entirety of 2020 since Hell in a Cell is a fucking embarrassment. And then we have Bailey defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross, and I'm going with Bailey because I'm tired of this Nikki Cross. Well, this- well... Her gimmick fucking sucks. Yeah, this version of Nikki Cross. I'm so done with this. I mean, do you remember how cool Nikki Cross was in NXT? I mean, now, now even outside of the, have you ever seen her outside of WWE? Yeah. So you know, so you've seen her as Nikki Storm, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, her matches are good. Yeah, and and she's just not she's just not being allowed to uh, to show what she can real to show what she can really do since she came uh, up from NXT and it's really sad. And then uh, on the flip side for the Raw Women's Championship, we have Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Um, I'm gonna say Sasha Banks, and I'll, and I'll yeah, say what I'll say Sasha, why. Yeah, because I think. I think having a champion versus champion match against Bailey at SummerSlam would facilitate the entire thing that they're trying to do with this storyline. Now, Ooh. now I could make I could make the argument uh, that SummerSlam is too soon to do it, um, considering how hot. Uh, that Bailey and Sasha Banks have been as an act. I mean, to me, they're the most compelling uh, thing on WWE television right now, quite frankly. And um, so I'm not sure if it's the right time to do it at SummerSlam. But being that it is the, the second um, the second uh, biggest pay-per-view of the year, it's perfectly logical that that that's when the showdown would take place. I had thought you think you think they would have to do that a cinematic match. Not 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 with Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey. No, okay. I, I don't I don't see a point in them having a cinematic match. So apparently, uh, Charlotte Flair would want to do a cinematic match in a castle. 
Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> First of all, we're gonna get a castle. We can have WWE build a castle. It's so fucking stupid. Oh, oh god. god. Okay. In the main event, we have Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Stipulation to be determined. This is for the WWE Championship, and I'm going with Drew. I mean, is this a serious question? Yeah, right. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Drew McIntyre all day long. So that's, that, that's, that's a prediction for the horror show, The Extreme Rules. Uh, ben, we you bring the show to a close. Yes, because I'm going to have nightmares tonight about Charlotte help having a match in a castle. <laughs> 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 when, 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 and if that ever happens, it's gonna be so stupid. I mean, god damn. <laughs> That's just astonishingly stupid. But anyway, um, thank you for providing me with that mental image. Um, you know, but you know, I don't know. I mean, okay. I, I'm not as hard on Charlotte as some other people. I actually think she's very talented and very no, beautiful. No, I, I, I like Charlotte. I just uh, think that that was so weird when I read that online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, we see you bring the show to a close. I'm sorry, oh, what? We see you bring this week's show to a close. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So... Tomorrow night, Extreme Rules. Next week, we'll be back with the results, and we will also be take our, our trip back through time to Sunday, July 25th, 1999, for WBF Fully Loaded. Back when, back when pay-per-views were actually relevant. For Ben, I'm Elio. This is PNC National Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. Goodbye, fans, and God bless you for trying to enjoy Extreme Rules. I mean, holy crap. <laughs> this, uh, Jesus. Salutations. Green clouds on the sun.